Go ahead, take a seat, take a seat. So good seeing you guys tonight. We've got the Christmas trees out. We've got the lights on. It looks good in here tonight. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas story. We're going to get into that a little bit um, later. But first off, I just want to remind you guys, we are less than two weeks away from Christmas. Is anybody excited that we are less than two weeks away? You guys are not going to have to go to school soon for a little bit. Is anybody a little bit amused by that? Just a little bit. Just a little. So I was thinking um, earlier today about Christmas and the Christmas season and kind of the stuff that I, I've gone through through the different seasons of Christmas. And it's funny because I'm 27, so I've got a few more Christmas than you, but uh, during the Christmas season, you've got some ups, you've got some downs, you've got some good times, some bad times, some awesome times. And I, uh, the first thing I thought of was one of my favorite gifts that I ever got. Does anybody have a favorite gift that you've ever gotten on Christmas? A couple of us. We got some liars in the room. It's all right. Uh, it was a Furby. Does anybody know what a Furby is? It is a gremlin that talks to you and is weird looking. It's like a mutated hedgehog. And so uh, we really wanted a Furby, my sister and I. And I remember we got this and we played with this thing for three hours and we got creeped out and we locked it under our um, bathroom kitchen sink or our bathroom sink. We locked it under there. That's a Furby. Um, As you get a little bit older, you realize sometimes that the best gift that you can receive is the time that you spend with others. And so the time that you spend with family, the time that you uh, spend with friends on Christmas and, you know, laughing until you cry and just having those traditions together, those can be the best times. And so I started thinking of some of the not so great times of Christmas for me. Does anybody have a forbidden place to go during like December? Like your parents hide stuff, people hide stuff in a certain spot. Anybody? It's like if you go in there, it's you're, we're going to return stuff. Does anybody have that? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. For us, it was my parents' closet. Anybody else? Parents' closet? It's like, don't you dare. And so I remember getting those instructions one year, and my mom said, if you go in, it'll ruin your Christmas. And so I was living in Indiana at the time, and it was snowing outside. It was snowing the night. Uh, I was still had school, and so it was two weeks from Christmas, and it was snowing and snowing, and I was hoping that school would be canceled. And so I woke up, and uh, I, I looked outside, a bunch of snow on the ground, and so I looked, I looked at the TV, I turned it on, and it showed that our school was canceled. So I was so excited. I, I reached for, uh, I had a walkie-talkie that was connected to one of my friend's house. Anybody have that? Was I the only one that we... Sorry, that was back in the day. So you guys are like, we have phones at four and a half years old. Um, we were texting from the womb. Um, anyway, so uh, I grabbed the walkie-talkie, and I was like, Stuart, Stuart, come in. Come in. Snow day. Stuart. Only response I heard, snowball fight, five minutes. I said, you're on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy. So I ran to the one place that we keep all the winter gear, the closet. So I opened it up, and there's my present. It's like this random chair. It's kind of weird. I don't know who asked for a chair for Christmas. But that was my secret present. And I was so upset. I was like, I ruined Christmas. I literally just ruined my Christmas. And I ran to my steps. I wanted to tell on myself first. And so I was going to tell my mom, I missed the first step. Big mistake. 
fell all the way down the stairs. My head hit every single step, and I just laid there like I was dead. And I began to cry. Is anybody, you know, yeah, we cried back then. We still do. I cried partially because I ruined my Christmas and partially because it really hurt. Remember another time that I came down those very steps and I saw nothing under the tree <laughs> Christmas morning. Yeah, it was awkward. I was like, huh, <sighs> what do we got here? My parents slept and they forgot. So I, I missed out on that one. That wasn't that bad. But the thing about seasons and, and life and Christmas and holidays is they bring different moments for us. Sometimes they're amazing and they're these memories that we'll never forget in a good way. And sometimes they're memories that we'll never forget in a bad way. And I remember another Christmas, it was a couple days before Christmas, and we had just moved my grandmother down here uh, to Florida with us. She was living with us. And I remember I walked out of my bedroom and I stood there and you guys know that feeling when something's just off in your household. And I remember looking at my mom and she was on the phone and she had a serious look on her face. Later, I found out that she had called 911 and was talking to the operator about my grandmother. See, my grandmother woke up, couldn't move in pain, and we didn't know what was happening to her. And I remember as the ambulance left our house, I was watching out the window, and I, was, I remember saying to myself, this is not what Christmas is all about. This is not what Christmas is all about. And I don't know about you, but there's been other seasons in my life. There's been other times in my life where I'm having good and bad moments, but there's been times in the bad moments that I've asked myself or I told myself, this isn't how it's supposed to be. This is not how it's supposed to be. And sometimes we get into these seasons in different ways. There's different avenues for us to enter in to these seasons. Sometimes it's our own choice, our mistakes, our our slip-ups, our sin that drives us into a season that is not very good. And then sometimes it's just a random act. Sometimes we have no control over the situation and it just happens to us. Life happens to us that brings us in to a situation. And so my big idea tonight, what I really want you to take away, one of the things tonight, is that no matter the season, God remains constant. Everybody turn to somebody and say, no matter the season, God remains constant. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you so much for each student in here tonight, Lord, that you, uh, you brought them here, that it wasn't by chance, that it wasn't a just random act, Lord, but they're here for a plan, your plan and your purpose, God. Lord, I just ask that you would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, just what they need, in Jesus' mighty name all God's people said. Amen. Amen. So I want to dive into the scripture a little bit, talking about the Christmas story. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to me in Matthew, the first chapter, verse 18. If you got it on your phone, I won't yell at you if you're turning to it on your phone. If not, you can read along on the screen. Starting in verse 18, it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind 
to divorce her quietly. So the virgin Mary was found to be pregnant. It was not Joseph's son. So Joseph's going, what in the world is going on here? Why is this woman pregnant? It's like one of those crazy TV shows, one of those crazy ones. And then it goes on to say in uh, verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's from God. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now I want to focus in. So I've, I've heard many different messages about Christmas and different messages on Christmas. I grew up in church, so December time I heard a lot of different things. And tonight I felt God wanting to speak something different in what's found in, in verse 22. So let me read this a couple of times more so you can really grab hold of what this is saying. It says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And what this is saying is that God wasn't surprised by this. This Jesus coming to earth, God wasn't surprised that he would use Mary and Joseph. He wasn't surprised by this. God had a plan set in place for this to happen. And we see this in the Old Testament where God promises different people about the Messiah that is to come. I want to think about your life. You're on this earth for a plan. God's promised you a plan and a purpose. He has. Just like he had a plan for Jesus on this earth. And so I want to think, the first, the, kind of the first point that I have for you tonight is that God has a promise for you. To turn to somebody and say, God has a promise. God has a promise for you. Have you guys ever had a time where uh, somebody has made a promise to you and didn't keep it? Anybody? I think that's close to everybody. Somebody had made a promise, but they did not keep that promise to you. What about this? How many of you have made a promise, yet you didn't keep that promise to someone? Yeah, I know I have. I know I've made that mistake before. And so a lot of times because this has happened to us, whether we've had somebody close to us that we trusted not fulfill a promise or, or we ourselves have done that act and we've promised something that we couldn't go through, sometimes we see the promise of God in a wrong way. We kind of look at God's promise like maybe he will, maybe he will not. We have a skewed view, a bad perspective of God. And the first thing I want to tell you tonight is that God keeps his promise. Turn to somebody and say, God keeps his promise. And the second thing that I want you to walk away with tonight is that God has a purpose and a plan for you. God has a purpose and a plan for you and I. I remember um, earlier in May of this year, I had an opportunity to um, go to Israel. 
I got to go to Israel in May, and uh, it was a great time going to see. It was like a pop-up book for the Bible, seeing where Jesus walked and having to experience that. It was an amazing time. And I remember one of the days we woke up, and our tour guide said, hey, we're going to go uh, into Bethlehem today. And there's a place that we're going to go. It's this shop. And he was super excited, and he was telling us all of this amazing stuff that we were going to experience. It's a shop that would carve olive wood trees into different stuff, and it was amazing. And so this is guy is talking to me. I'm like, okay, okay. Have you ever had somebody that's like overselling something to you? Maybe it's a movie, guys. I'm going to talk to you for a second. Maybe it's a movie and it's like a girl's telling you it's going to be an amazing movie and it's an action movie and you go to this movie and you show up and it's a chick flick. And like the only action in it is like two guys fighting over a girl and you're like, this is not an action movie. Anybody ever been promised? I remember moving down here, being in Indiana, we didn't have aquariums. And so everybody's like, you need to go see the fish and the animals and they have penguins. That place smells like penguin doo-doo. I mean, let's be real. It smells in that place. Or the zoo. I showed up there, only two horses. I was like, what is going on in Florida? Ever had somebody over-promise and under-deliver? And that's what I thought this guy was doing. And so he kept talking about how great this experience would be. And this is the only place you need to go and all of this stuff on and on. And so we finally pull up to the shop. And so to give you a picture of what the shop looks like, it has a store on top, a store, and then below it, there's a basement that basically is a workshop where they make the different sculptures. They carve out different things. And so he said, before we actually go into the shop itself, let's go around into the basement. Let's go see how this stuff is actually made. And so because of the way he kind of addressed it in the beginning, I was a critic. I was like, this place is not going to be cool. Like, I just didn't have faith in the guy. And so we went down, and as we approached, there was a pile of wood. And I've got a picture here. I was ready to just tell you guys how terrible the place was, so I took some photos. And so there was a pile of wood, and so I saw that. And then I moved on, and I saw different carving stations. And so we've got another photo. People hand carving different things. And I was kind of getting up in their business a little bit, like, Man, give me, give me one of those. Like, give me a, knife, a pocket knife and a piece of wood. I'm going to make something cooler than this. Like, I was trying to people. Uh, and I went over to another one, and it was like, oh, we're going to move to the next one right there. And it's like making the same one out of all of them. I'm like, this guy's cheating. Like, he's using the machine to make multiple ones. Like, this isn't real. And so I was super critical of this place. And I was seeing all these different stations where they were making stuff, and I didn't see anything that really was that impressive. And so they said, okay, now that you've seen all of this, let's go up to the store. And I remember thinking, man, I should just head back to the bus. Like, this place is a joke. A little bit. You guys are like, man, he's mean. Like, come on, give him a break. And so I remember walking in the door of the shop, and um, to my surprise, when I opened the door, I was shocked. There were so many beautiful pieces, so many pieces that it was like, it was like a candy store as a kid. I was going around and looking at all this stuff that I couldn't afford, and I was looking at it like, this is incredible. The details that went into it, the beauty that was in every sculpture and every design was so beautiful. And you see, I had missed it because I only saw a piece of the puzzle. I saw the product that hadn't been finished yet. I saw the pieces that were a, still a work in progress. And I started thinking about our lives, that we're all a work in progress. 
And I know that sometimes it's easy in life to go through a situation, maybe it's a difficulty at home, or no matter what your situation is that's tough, and we get in this spot, and we kind of want to give up, and we kind of want to settle where we are. We kind of get to a point where we say, I I just don't want to go on. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to push through. I don't want to keep going. And we settle at this spot in this basement. And we can talk ourselves into never moving on to this next stage. We can talk ourselves into not pushing through, not seeking God and getting to this masterpiece, this beautiful piece that he wants us to be at. And Monday I was praying at night right before bed and uh, I kind of felt the Lord give me a word for you guys today. And the word that he gave me was don't settle for any metal when I promised you gold. Don't settle for any metal when I promised you gold. And I know a lot of us, we probably watched the Olympics before and I was told, I was like, God, it's not even the Olympics right now. I can't even share this right now, but I decided to Anyway, but in the Olympics, you can receive three different medals. You can receive a gold, you can receive a silver, and you can receive a bronze. And I had this picture of an award ceremony where at an event, there was crowned the three winners of the event. And you have right in the middle, you have one person who receives the gold, and next to them, at a little bit of a higher level, you have silver, and then even lower than that, you have bronze. And when I saw this picture, like I've seen on TV, it was three people that were ecstatic. They were so excited. They had received a medal. They were at least top three best in the world at a category. And I saw you at those different levels, below gold, saying I did it, saying I made it, saying this is good enough, saying this will do. In life, there's a lot of times that we can settle for things less than what God would have for us. We can settle for a promise, a plan, and a purpose that aren't the thing that God would have us do. So my question to you tonight is, what areas in your life have you settled for less than what God wants? Is it who your friends are? Do you make the excuse and say, well, my friends are at least like, we're tight, they care about me. Like, we're, we're close. They have my back. Yet they're, they're pulling you farther and farther away from the Lord. Is it maybe who we're dating? They love me. They know me. They're my boo. Yet they're leading you farther and farther and farther away from the Father. Maybe it's something like our grades. I know I used to use the excuse, C's get degrees. But honestly, C's where you're at leads you to D's and F's. But is it our grades? Are we saying like, at least I'm doing enough? Like at least I'm trying enough. This is good enough. You see, a lot of times the things that we settle for, they aren't even silver or bronze. They're a little participation trophy that we hold up and say, at least I'm doing it. At least I'm here. God has so much more for us. 
Maybe it's even where you're going to go to school. Maybe you say, like, I'm the first one in my family to at least have this opportunity, and so I'm going to settle for whatever that looks like instead of pushing forward to what God would have for you. I want you to take a moment tonight. I want you to take a moment and examine what's happening in here, what's happening in your life. Are there any places that you've settled? Are there any places that you've disregarded what God's wanted for you and said, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to settle for this because I think this is the way I should go. I want you to think about it. I'm going to give you a second to think about that in your life. God has such a promise for you. God has such a plan for your life. Such a purpose. But if we settle, we'll never see the gold. We'll never see the God plan. So I just want to give everybody an opportunity tonight to to repent, to ask for forgiveness for the areas that they've settled in their life. Can we repeat this prayer? Everybody say, Lord. Come on, everybody say, Lord. Forgive me for any area that I've settled, that I've chosen less than what you want for my life. I want you to take some time with the Lord right now. And so we see as the story moves on, we see that God sent His Son Jesus which in the scripture there said that he died to pay the ultimate sacrifice. He came for our sins. See, a lot of times in life, we try to fix ourselves. We try to be good enough. We try to do good enough. But the only one who can save you is Jesus. And God sent his son to die on a cross for you and I to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, for our mess ups, for our wrongdoings. And he had you on his mind. I just don't want to leave tonight without giving an opportunity for you to ask God to be the Lord, to be the Savior of your life, to say, I'm I'm tired of doing it my way, and I'm going to turn to you. Can we just all pray this prayer? Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent from sin. I turn to you, God. Save me, raise me, lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight and you just feel God drawing you to him, you feel, you feel the presence of the Lord just pulling on you, if that's you tonight, on the count of three, would you just lift your hand? One, two, three. Amen. Amen.